got it all in control. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you again. Uh, I miss, miss being home, but uh, we enjoyed ourselves in Oklahoma. It was a good time in the Lord, and uh, really appreciated the meetings over there and the word of the Lord went forth. I'm going to try to stay on my notes tonight, and I'll put my foot in my mouth like I did last time I spoke to you. Uh, reminds me of a story. They sent a person, uh, there was this woman, uh, this man, rather, that got killed in a car accident, and uh, uh, they were all there, and they knew this man's wife, and they thought, well, we should send somebody that can break the news to her real easily. And so they, they delegated a person, sent him over to the door, he knocks on the door, he says, are you Widow Smith? She said, I'm Miss Smith, but I'm no widow. He said, that's what you think. <laughs> so maybe I can't break it to you just as well as others, but I'll do my best by the help of the Lord if he'll move me out of the way. If you have your Bibles, turn to Judges chapter 16, and we'll start with the verses, verse 4. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. 16 and verse 4. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And we will give thee every one of us eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Delilah said unto Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. Lord, add his blessings to the reading of the words. You can be seated. And I would like to speak tonight on a little thought that comes to me about the secret power. And the secret power that I was thinking about was Samson. And Brother Bram talks about him and Delilah there and how this was a hidden secret power. I feel like I'm blowing you all out out there. Is it too loud? You can turn me down out there. I can hear myself, and I don't like that. Here, back here is fine. All right, see? So the secret power that I want to talk about, and I just I was thinking about this the other day, and there's a secret power also, I believe, in the church. And if you're not careful, a Delilah will come in and try to take that from us, a secret power. Try to find out where it lies, and then they'll send, this, this Delilah will send things into your life to try to steal that secret power from you. Because we're going to need that secret power to get out of here. And so we read on down here in Judges 16 and 16, and uh going a little bit farther into the story of Samson. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. And he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head. Now remember before that she had asked him this question and he would tell her different things. Tie me with a new rope and, and things like that and so forth. And he would go on and, and, uh, and, and it would never work. And you would think at some point she would be like, Well, this is not ever going to work. Or you would think that Samson was maybe smart enough to realize this woman's trying to kill me. But it seemed like Samson never got the message, so he just stuck with this woman, this harlot. And so he said, uh, if you shave the head, uh, locks of my head, then I'll be weak as any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came unto her and brought money in their hand, and she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before, 
and shake myself, and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He knew not that the Lord was departed from him. And you think about this here, that all the things that Samson had been through, he was able to take a jawbone of a mule and slay all those Philistines. You think this man was just, there's just nothing that could take Samson out. Samson was a man who I don't think anybody would want to go against. But there was a hidden power there, and it was an anointing of God from his birth. You'll know that if you read the beginning of Samson's life, you'll know that God actually told uh, Manoah and his wife that, they would, that this, he would be a blessed and, and he would be an anointed son. He was a servant of God. And this was a true servant of God that fell here. Samson was not just a, he was not just a church member. He was not just somebody uh, that could be pushed over. He was a mighty man of God. He was a great man of God. But there was a weakness in this man. And, in, and that's where the devil's always going to try to get you, is in this weakest point. He's going to try to find something that can stop you. And when you stop, when Delilah can get you to stop and reveal the secrets to her, then she's got you. And so we see here that uh, Brother Bram tells this story like this. He said, he said, this fellow Samson, he's always been to me kind of an outstanding character of the Old Testament. He said, I remember the first sermon that I ever tried to preach on was Samson, the mighty man of valor, because I like strength. And Samson had the strength of the Lord. I could not believe him to be a great big prehistoric giant. There would be no glory to God in such a man as that to take the doors of the city and pack it up on the hill or slay a lion with his hands. But he said, I believe Samson to be just a little bitty what we'd call a shrimp. And I know uh, there's other quotes that may, maybe he was a bigger, but we understand he had to have a supernatural power to do any of this, no matter his stature. And so we see here that when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, that's where God got glory. And remember, this was not glory for Samson, and it never is glory for us. If there's anything good we do, that's not us. That's God in us. And so that's where God got the glory. They know that there could be no strength of his own that could do that. So it had to be the strength of the Lord. Now, Samson and Delilah, uh, Brother Branham actually types them as the church. He says they're a lot like the church. And he said he wanted to like them that way. So Samson was a great man as long as he followed God's program, as long as he stayed with the word of God. And he walked with God. God used him. And he does the same to the church today. If we'll walk with the word, we'll walk in step with the word and the message of the hour, then God can use us in a special way. But as soon as we get cold and backslidden and fall for the Delilahs and the traps of the world, that's where we really mess up. And it's that time when we get cold and we get indifferent. You'll start picking at each other, and, and we do that. That's the things that happen. You'll see that it's like, a, it's like a flower in the desert. Brother Bram talked about, he said, he said out in the desert you'll notice their cactus and everything's got a thorn or, or something on it because it, it doesn't have any water. It has no life in it, so it's always poking, you know. And so when you get a, a little lily or something that's watered and it's so pretty and it's soft, and, and so that's the way we should be. We should never get to that point to where we've, we've sold out to the world the Delilah of the day, but we should always be trying to fervently press towards God and, and to be watering our lives daily with the gospel. And so he has to find something else to work with because he can only use a church or an individual if they walk faithfully in the Word. And we see here that Samson, he did really well. He got a good start. And he did really good until he started to flirt with the world. When he began to flirt, he got into trouble. And that was his first step in backsliding. The first step in backsliding was when he started to flirt with the world. And I wonder if sometimes we don't realize we'll do something and it doesn't seem that bad, but it's just something. It's just a step in the wrong direction. And then the next thing you know, we're just going another step. And it just becomes easier and easier to sin after the first time you do it. The first time you do something, there's a conscience in there that will just tell you, oh, that wasn't right. 
And then you do it again, and you realize it gets easier and easier. And you'll see here, Samson, it just seemed to get easier and easier as he went through his life because he was just, he was deceived by women. He had a woman problem, I guess, and he just went on that way. But it just got easier and easier, easier for him to do that. And so he would just flirt, and he got into trouble. And when it begins to flirt, when the believer begins to flirt with unbelief, and I'll say this today, the Philistine women was an unbeliever, and Samson was attracted to her beauty. And think the church has done a great deal of that today. We've been attracted to the beauty of the world. We've been attracted to maybe something spectacular, even around the message, maybe some doctrine or something that we would like to grab a hold of. And it looks good. It looks enticing, something we can get a hold of. But maybe it's, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, we need to leave that thing alone and just move on. And so that's what we find even around us. Now, I'm not saying here necessarily, but, but it can creep in among anybody. It can creep in among any person. Because remember, even an anointed man of God like Samson, Satan still found a way into his heart. And we find that Samson, when he got into the bad company, and, and remember, anytime you're in bad company, you're out of the will of the Lord. I'm not talking about working around worldly people, but when you get in and you go into these denominations and you can sit, if you can sit in a denominational church, and get along with them, and they don't put you out, then you probably aren't living the Christian message life. We'll just put it that way. And so, but if you lay with the dogs, you get the fleas, they say. And so you just can't associate yourself with the things of the world and do the things of the world and expect to stay spiritual and humble before the Lord. And you're known by your company. And he said, uh, Brother Branham talks about it, he said, show me your company, I'll tell you who you are. And so when the church begins to keep company with the world, that's when it's no more... It's out of the fellowship with God, and it's no more in contact with the Holy Spirit at that point. You'll see they dry up. It just happens every time. And so when we begin to flirt as Samson, where the church started its flirting was when it began to pattern itself after the modern organizations of the day. And remember, those churches are not the, they're not the blueprint for us by any means, and we should never go that route. We should always try to stay focused on the message of the day. It, the, the Lutheran message was great for Luther's day. The Wesleyan message, message was great for Wesley's day. But what we have to do today is stay with the light for the hour. And so we are anointed of God to stay with the light for the hour. And we are anointed for a purpose. Remember, we can use whatever we have. And today what we have in our hands is the greatest message that's ever been on the face of the earth. Remember, when he gave Samson a jawbone, he was anointed to kill those Philistines. It was not just any jawbone. Brother Branham said, you take that jawbone, and he said, he said that would have hit the armor of any man. He said that jawbone would have shattered into a, a thousand little pieces, but there was a special anointing and a purpose for that, for that jawbone to be used. And so Brother Branham talks about take what's in your hand. He said, Moses, he just had a stick. And God said, take what's in your hand. That's all you need was that stick. It wasn't because it was a special piece of wood, but it's because he obeyed the word of God. Take what you have and obey the word of God. And when we get away from the fellowship of our brothers and sisters. We get away from fellowship with God. We get away from the things of the, of the Lord. We get away from the Word. We start to just little bits here and a little bits there. And remember, uh, the church is always doing that. They're always taking something away, and it seems like it's okay at first. You know, like I, you, like I said, you can do a little bit, and it's okay. You start taking a little bit of the Word away or quit preaching a certain thing because it hurts somebody's feelings. And the next thing you know, you take a little more because somebody else is going to get hurt. And the next thing you know, you're not preaching any Word at all. But you have to preach the word of God no matter who it hurts, even though that's not your intention is to hurt the people. But the word is still true regardless. And the church has begun to try to pattern after the world. And, you know, the devil, he thought he had the church when it was bound into the Catholic church. And there come Luther and cut the ropes. It was a special strength that come along. And we see that it happened. Now, Delilah's motive was to find his power. And there's where she could wreck him after 
she found the power. She couldn't do nothing to Samson. Everything she tried, he could break until she found the power that laid within him. It was a secret power. And Brother Branham calls it that. And then she bound him again. And the world bound the, the world bound the Lutheran church. And then along come Wesley. And the Wesley come along. And next thing you know, the Pentecostals come along. And it seemed like they were always trying to be bound up. And then there's something come along that would break that tie. And Satan's trying to do the same thing today. He wants to bind us to something. He wants to bind us. And he wants to, he wants to get to you to where you, you know we just can't worship God no more. He wants to get us to a point to where we're tied up and bound. But I believe there's still a secret power in the bride to break every barrier, every chain, and every sickness. There's still a secret power in the church today. And there's, it won't be bound and it won't be broken. It won't be, excuse me, it won't be bound by the things of the world because it'll always stay true. It's not going to reveal the secrets to the world. And so we see here this hour, the denomination will try to, they'll try to bind us and they'll try to get our secret. They'll try to defeat the enemy. They'll try to defeat us, but we have the power to defeat that enemy. Remember in the Garden of Eden, there was a tree of knowledge and man was completely hanging on to that tree of knowledge. And as long as you live at the tree of knowledge, you'll never get anywhere. You've got to get to the tree of life. Remember that tree of knowledge. Knowledge is fine, but if it's, if it's taking you away from the Word of God, remember, you're out of step then. And remember that tree of knowledge, it'll sound good, but remember an intellectual message is never going to save you. It takes a supernatural God to do that. A spiritual message of the hour, a spiritual sign of the time. And remember that God here, He did not send an intellectual prophet to us. He sent a man who, who maybe couldn't even speak well. But remember, it was something special. There was a secret power that he revealed to the people. And when they saw what God could do, many tried to impersonate it and tried to steal that power. But remember, there was only one. And God could never, could never let that fall into the hands of some hypocrite or, or some denominational hands that would try to use it for money or something like that. But God gave it to a man who would stay humble before him. And Brother Branham says here, he said, it reminds me of a denomination trying to educate their ministers to a little higher stand. He said, get a little better intellectual bunch into the church. They build the finest of buildings the Pentecostal people, some of them, the millions of dollars and preaching that the Lord's coming right away. He said, but it doesn't make sense to me. They do it because the world's doing it, because the rest of them is doing it. We don't care what the rest of them's doing. Live right before God. That's the main thing. And remember, that is, will always be the main thing, is to live according to the Word regardless of what our friends say, what our co-workers say, or our, the preachers. I don't care if they're in the message, out of the message, where they are. If they start to get off a little bit, you leave the man. Brother Bram said, if the man gets off the Word, leave the man. And I think we have a right to do that because we have got to stay with the Word for the hour, regardless what anybody else says. And what happened today, Brother Bram says, he said, intellect has taken its place of the Holy Ghost. And that has happened in our churches, and you'll see that. And not so much maybe in, in the messages we'll see, but there'll be little, little break-offs of the message, and they'll get a little bit, they'll get so tired of youth camps, get a little fanatical or something, and they'll get into an intellectual, a little intellectual idea that, well, it's the Word, it's the Word. Well, the Word will produce life. The Word will produce shouting. The Word will produce these things. If it's outside the Word, it's false anyway. But if it is with the Word and according to the Word, then these things are good. These things should never be tried to put down. and We should never try to put out the fire of the youth just because we get old and decide we don't like it. And I think here, Brother Bram talks about this little, he says, a little sense of humor. He said it was like this. He said there was a certain chicken pen. And he says a little bright-eyed rooster one morning jumped up on the box, pecked his little bill against the box four or five times and said, Ladies and gentlemen of this coop, I would like to make a lecture to you this morning to tell you I have obtained lots of knowledge. 
said, I know what we should do to make pretty feathers. And all the little pullets with their little combs hanging over cackled out and said, isn't he cute? Well, that reminds me of some of these little seminary preachers. Then the first thing you know, he said, he went ahead to say, I know just the right kind of vitamins we should use to grow pretty feathers and then just the right kind of a living that we should make our place a better place to live in here. And while the little fellow was right in the middle of his speech, a little rooster come running from the outside of the pen, not many feathers on him, and said, just a minute, son. He said, I just heard the latest news. Chicken went up four cents on the pound, and tomorrow we're all going to be slaughtered. He said, so what good does your knowledge do? You better be right with God. He said it again. That's the main thing. And he said, the apostle Paul come to you, he said, not with words of wisdom, that your faith would be built on the wisdom of men, but I come preaching the power of the Holy Ghost, that your faith would be built upon the Holy Spirit. The church needs that today. More than a head knowledge, more than a good idea, more than some new doctrine that will make you feel good, we need the Holy Ghost in the church today. It was good for the apostles. It was good for Brother Branham. It's still good for us. And the problem is we lose the very secret, which is the Holy Ghost. We lose that when we become stiff. We become starchy. We become, we become uh, kind of off to ourselves. And we think we're better than our, anybody else. And we feel like, well, I would never go to that church because they're a lower class than I am. Or I would never go hear that preacher because he's, never, he's not as good as this preacher over here. And, and that's fine, I guess, but I would like to put it like this. It, you know, there's men in the Bible, if they would have walked into this church today, would we receive them? John the Baptist comes in here dressed like he was. Would we be okay with that? If we saw the Apostle Paul and we knew that he had martyred Christians, would we ever hear him? When John come out of the wilderness, camel's hair and, and, and eating wild locusts and all these things, you think we would accept a man like that? But remember, the power of the Holy Ghost is true regardless of the messenger. The power of the Holy Ghost is still true no matter who's speaking it. It doesn't matter how, it's, how it comes to you. If it's the Word, it's the Word regardless. And he said, we're not looking for these things in the world. He said, when the Spirit of God comes into a person, it changes them. And that's what we want tonight. We want a change. We don't want a new doctrine. We, want, we don't want these new things like that, but we want the change in our lives. He said, what we need is the Holy Ghost in the human being, in the heart. He said, it'll take a new birth to do that. Change that person, making him or her a new creature. He said, the Holy Spirit won't work on one person one way and another on another person. That Holy Spirit will work the same way every time. He said, when a man or woman is born of the kingdom of God, he becomes a new creature and stops the things of the world. They are dead to him, for we are dead, and our life is hid in God through Christ, sealed by the Holy Ghost. What we need today is revival. He said, it's a shaking, an old-time, old-fashioned revival. He said, we'd be a lot better off down in the corner beating the tambourines than to live in these big morgues with the Holy Spirit of God being grieved away from us. The devil comes in, robs us, and takes away all that he knows how to do. And I wonder if we find ourselves in that cold condition every once in a while. Our strength has been stripped from us. But I believe there's still a power in the bride tonight. And I believe as long as we stay with the Word of God, it don't matter how, how low we feel, how far we feel like we've stooped, God is still there to back up His Word. And Delilah and the world, they found the secret of the modern-day church. He made her classy, and he gave her great big churches and fine cultured preachers, and he says it wasn't long till they were all bound up. And Brother Branham talks about it like this. He says, Israel, when they were on the move, he said, they was all right as long as they were moving. But when they got settled down and began to act like the Philistines, they wanted a king. And when they accepted Saul as their king, they denied God as their king. When we accept anything, any idea, opinion, or private revelation, instead of the Holy Ghost, the revealed word of this hour is the only thing we should be looking at, church. 
Let's quit looking at so-and-so preaching this and so-and-so preaching that. And It's good to hear the preachers, but let's make sure it's the Word of God. Let's make sure it is actually with the truth. And I think sometimes we just take a man's word because of his name. Maybe we ought to go check it with the source. And every once in a while, I wonder if we don't get ourselves into that condition. I, I've been guilty of that myself. And then when you go really study and you start praying, Lord, show me this. Show me right and show me wrong. And I really want to know because it's not for a knowledge, but I want to be right in my heart. And I believe God will show it to you. He'll show you the truth. And I believe that Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth. Brother Bram says here, he said, what happened? He said, it finally led them to an Ahab, to a total backsliding. They failed to recognize the real king when he came. And that's the thing the churches have done today. They've accepted all this little philosophy and doctrine and psychology and all these different things. And instead of receiving the Holy Ghost, he said, now the king is in the midst of the church and they don't know it. He said, and, and they rejected it just exactly the way they rejected Jesus here. So is the church rejecting him today. Why? Because they accepted an earthly king. They've accepted some earthly man-made idea versus the Holy Ghost for the hour. We accept preachers with an education instead of men who know God. I would, he said, I would rather have my family go to hear a preacher that didn't know his ABCs if he knows Christ than to have them with all their education. But I say today, church, the church is so full of education. We're so full of we're always trying to figure everything out in this message. But if we would just get down before God and pray, I believe He would reveal it to us, and then it would be correct. There wouldn't be so many little ideas floating around. There wouldn't be all these return doctrines that seem to show up. And I heard a man tell me one time, he said, I've, he said, I've heard 13 different versions of the return ministry. And I was sitting there thinking, my goodness, I mean, 13, 4, 12 of them's got to be wrong, right? I mean, somebody's got to be wrong, so why not just stay with the Word and take it the way it's written? Take it the way it's said on tape. And, and many times we try to take it and we try to twist it to fit our own ideas. We have to empty out our ideas or we'll never get it right. We'll never understand the truth if we're always holding a little uh, preconceived notion in our minds. But Delilah, the first thing you know, Samson should have made a first stop. When Delilah flirted his eyes at him, he should have turned his head and walked away. How many times have we come into, we've encountered something, some little besetting sin or something that we should have stopped. And instead we just went on and did it anyway. And maybe it was a little white lie or something. We knew the Holy Spirit's down there telling you, hey, you better not do that. And we do it anyway. What happens is we, we just start grieving the Holy Spirit away. And the next time you go to do it, well, I'll tell you what, it's just easy then. That was just a little white lie. Well, a lie is a lie. And so we find out that it was wrong the first time. But now you can say it don't seem so wrong. But Eve stopped just for a moment, and that's what got her in trouble. The same as Samson. Just one moment got her in trouble. And she got in trouble, Samson, when he stopped. And he said, when the world presents something to us, don't stop. Keep moving on. He said, these intellectual talks, false doctrines, and things have been made up. Already made up somebody's mind. Somehow they sound good. They look pretty. We get distracted from the word by those things. And I think sometimes we'll hear a good testimony. And we'll hear something, man, a man walked with a prophet. And we'll think, well, that's just got to be true. And maybe they, had, they, heard the, they heard this said to them on a personal interview 70 years ago or 60 years ago. And, and we believe, we just we'll take it for gospel because it sounds so good. But maybe we just go back to the word. And we don't tell the brother, oh, you're wrong. But let's just take the word on that. Maybe that was something for you. But this word is for me. This was for me for my day. I'll take the word of God for today because if, if a prophet comes to me and tells me something, I still have to check it with the word. And so when somebody comes, remember the prophets there in the Old Testament. I'll try not to use too many illustrations, but in, in the Old Testament there, 
uh, th there was an old prophet and he met a young prophet. And if you remember this story, I don't have it in front of me. But the young prophet come by and he was told of the Lord to go somewhere. And he said, the Lord told him, don't stop. And he run into a prophet and the prophet said, sit down and eat with me for a while. And the old prophet convinced him to stay. And then when the young prophet went on, he was slain by the Lord. Why? Even though he listened to God's prophet, he didn't stay with the word of the Lord. So remember that we stay with the word of the Lord regardless. So maybe there's testimonies and things and that's good. But don't let them get you distracted from the word of God. And maybe these good men will tell you these stories. And, but just, you know, let's keep the word the word and keep the testimonies the testimonies. And we'll keep it like that. Just keep moving on. Don't let something stop you and steal the secret power in your life. Don't let something really get to you so much that you get down and you start thinking, well, maybe this is the way it is. And, and, and the, the word really, it says it, but it's, it's not exactly clear on that subject. So I'll just make a doctrine over here. Be careful right there because that's where Satan's got you. And he likes you right there because he can start working through you to preach false doctrines to somebody else. And he'll start telling you, well, this is okay and that's okay. And the next thing you know, I mean, we can, be, we can believe Brother Branham's coming back and Jesus is coming back and we never leave this earth. Maybe they're all coming back to stay. But I'll tell you, when we go back to the Word of God, church, what we're waiting on is a rapture. And what we're waiting on now is the coming of the Lord. We're not waiting on some new fangled idea, but we're waiting on God to come and take His church home. And if we'll stay true to that Word, I believe there's a power that's still in the bride that will take us out of here. The people say our church is the biggest. My church is the best. We have the best preachers. We've got the most plush seats. We've got all these things. It doesn't have anything to do with the secret power. And I believe we can take what we have in our hands, just as Samson did. I believe we can take this message that was given to us, and we can still slay giants. I believe we can take the word of the Lord today, and we can still claim our families. Take what's in your hand and use it. We can still take... The word of God today, and it will cast down, it will, it will cut down every devil. It will cut off the head of the Philistine giant. It will still do it. It's still, we still have the little sling shot in our hand. I believe we can still do that today. We can still kill the giants. We can still we can cut their head. We have the sword of truth with us, and I believe we can still move right on. Why? Because we don't stop. Everything that gets in our way, a little false doctrine, just cut it down and move on. Let's not stop. He said, what is it? A secret power. The world can't see it. The modern church can't see it. But we have seen the light for the hour. And I believe when this light strikes the seed on the inside, nothing can stop us then. Nothing can stop us. Remember, the little lily was hidden under a rock. and looked like it was stopped. But when you moved the rock, it was still a little lily. It was still there. When Satan has come in like a flood, he's tried to, tried to put out your light. The light's still there. Maybe we ought to just open it up, let it shine a little bit. The bride, I believe sometimes we get out of step a little bit. And remember, I believe my brother had talked about this one time. He said even when they were getting out of step and Brother Branham saw the vision of them, he said they were getting out of step. He screamed out, get, get back in step. He said the bride was still going up. Even when they were getting out of step, they were still going up. And I believe we can get that way today. We get out of step a little bit. There is a message of the hour that will tell us, get back in line. I believe there's a message today that will keep us in step. I believe there's a ministry on earth today that will help us to stay in step for the hour. I know that Satan is raging and he's trying to take the young people and he's trying to, to get in our minds and make us so busy we don't have time for the family altar no more. Things happen like that and Satan comes in. But I believe we still have a God who's more than able to cast down that Philistine in our life. We have a secret power. Delilah, she had to do some real maneuvering. She had to stop Samson. She was getting paid to do it. She knew he was a mighty man of God. 
And he had hidden power. She had to do something to try to stop him. And that's what the world's doing today. They want to try to stop the move of God. But remember, they cannot do it. This bride's not going to fall. They're not going to stop. We're going to move right on. All kinds of things. You know, things will get in front of us. You'll see half-naked women walking down the street. And you'll have false teachers in the pulpits and intellectual giants of the day. And all these things that are just coming at us. And it seems like, man, I just I, I can't believe God would allow this. But remember, he tests his church. He'll put you through the test so you can come out looking just like pure gold on the other side. And remember, these intellectual giants, you know, they'll do all kinds of maneuvering. You can do this. You can be better over here. You can preach for this group. You can do this and all these things. And I'll tell you what, it'll get you in trouble. Don't stop. Don't get distracted by the devil, but stay true to the Word of God. No wonder the secret's been discovered. We take the baptism of the Holy Ghost out of the church. If the baptism of the Holy Ghost is back in the church, I believe it'll keep the Word pure. And I believe that when these things, he said, if we get the, instead of coming back to God, the, the coming of the Lord is a hand. He said, what good does our knowledge do? What good will the big buildings do? What will our intellectual talks do? Nothing will stand that day but the blood of Jesus Christ, washed in his blood, clothed in his righteousness by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When the church loses that, it's gone. What we need today is a good, cleaned up, washed up church, a real clean cut, 100% out for God church. What we need today is to quit putting other things ahead of God because I believe the believer today will put God first in all that we do. You say, well, Brother Joel, I, I've got this going on and, and I'll get back to, we'll get back to our prayer life after we get done with this and, and maybe I can't do it because I'm just too busy. I tell you, get rid of the busy and put God back and he'll take care of the busy. I believe if we want to be blessed of God, let's get back in line with us in God's steps and, and put him first in all that we do. And many times I believe God will allow us He'll allow us to hit a wall sometimes just to see how we're going to respond. Are you going to pray? Are you going to get down and ask God for something? You're going to try to do this yourself. If we try to do it ourselves, that's a good sign you're going to fall. You're going to mess up every time. I've done that before plenty. And I can tell you I've learned you better trust in God. You better depend on Jesus. And we worship Him in spirit and truth. That's what God wants His church to do. He wants you to worship Him. I wonder if sometimes He doesn't let little things happen in the church so we can just really get down and beg God. To come in among us again. Maybe God wants to move among the church in a revival. And we feel a little cold and dried up. And, and maybe we just feel like, well, God, God's not moving in our church. But he wants to see how you're going to respond. Maybe I've got to be that revival. Maybe it has to start in me. And remember when one revival starts. I was at youth camp. I'll tell this. But when you'd see the, the spirit of the Lord kind of come on somebody. And you get around that person. It seemed like it just hit you too. Stand in the prayer line and, and all of a sudden you, somebody get blessed and just bless you. Yes. Let me be that revival that helps the rest of the church. Let me be the one that gets on fire for God. Amen. Let me be the one that won't bow down and, and follow after Delilah. But let me be the one that will stand true to the word of God. Amen. Let me be the one. Let you be the one. If we can do that, if every one of you are the one, we have a church full of revivals. Amen. Have a church full of them. There's nothing that can put out this revival. Why? Because we're not following after Delilah's cunningly devices, but we're following after the Word of God. The crowing roosters, educated canaries with canary bird brain, trying to explain to you all the ins and outs of God. Remember, you don't know God that way. You know Him by the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. When you're born again, that's the only way you'll ever get to know God. God is still God. He's just as much God today, Brother Bram says, as he ever was. He's the God that was the mountain with Elijah. He's the God that was in the den with Daniel. He's just as much. He's God of Pentecost. He's God in the church. Amen. I believe he's still God right here tonight. Yes. 
I believe that when we get ourselves a little cold and get ourselves out of condition for a rapture, I believe God can come in and light the church on fire and we get ourselves back in the condition for a rapture. Remember, at the end time, there's going to be two types of churches. There's going to be a cold, formal, denominational church, and there's going to be a bride of Christ that stays on fire. This church will not be cold. They will not be denominated. They will stay on fire for God. The Bible says in Judges, it's chapter 16, and, and excuse me here, I don't know how to use electronics. Judges, and Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. This is after Samson has went through all these things. Remember, Delilah had already gotten him to fall into this trap. And now his eyes are poked out. He's in a real bad strait. But, you know, somehow or another, Samson remembers the anointing he once had. Samson remembers the God that he once had. And he was still God, even in a backslidden condition. A man that had gotten out of fellowship with God. Maybe he hadn't talked to God for years. I don't know how long this happened. I don't know how long there was here. But I believe that God knew that Samson was going to call out again. And God knew that this was his servant, no matter how far Samson stooped. So Samson called unto the Lord and said, O oh Lord God, remember me. I wonder if we can do that tonight. Remember me. Remember me that I've done wrong. Remember me that I've sinned. Remember me that I've been in false doctrine. Remember me that I've done something really stupid. But I believe God tonight can still call out a bride out of those conditions. This ain't no perfect people God's calling a bride out of, but He's calling the best He's got. Why? Because He don't want some intellectual, good-looking church member, but He wants you. And He wants me to be somebody that can be on fire for God. He said, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me, I pray thee. He said, only this once, O God, that I may at once avenge the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars. And remember at this time, these, these Philistines here, they were having a big show. They had defeated God's man. They had served, I believe it was the God of Dagon, I believe it was his name, and, and they had served this God, and this God was getting all the glory. They had Samson tied up there right between these two pillars. And, and, and you think about it, they, his eyes were plucked out or pushed out. And these people were just dancing around and having a good time because they had defeated God. And you think God didn't know what was going to happen next? God still had a man on earth. He may only have one, but he's got somebody here that's going to defeat the Philistines tonight. Somebody in here has still got the faith to raise a family in Laodicea. Somebody still got the faith for a rapture or the rapture would have had to take him when there was somebody still left. Somebody has to be here at that time. Somebody has to be ready for that time. And Samson, when he was there, he put his hands on the pillars and upon the house which stood and it was borne up, one on the left and one on his right. And, and Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they were which he slew in his life. Let me tell you this. In your weakness, God's strength is made known. When you feel like you're weak, there's still an, a hidden power inside of you. A secret power that the world knows nothing about. But if you receive the Holy Ghost, it's there. You say, oh, I've, I've gotten cold, but the secret power is there to bring life. The secret power is still in the church tonight. If we can wake up and see that secret power and, and feel it in our lives again and in our homes, I believe it's going to change lives here tonight. I believe that there's a young person that hasn't received the Holy Ghost, the secret power can still come in your life. I believe if there's couples that have gotten cold and, and grown apart or if there's, if there's somebody in here that maybe has, 
has really just gotten cold in their prayer life and they don't pray like they used to or, or maybe they don't hear the tapes anymore and, and we get ourselves in this condition that uh, we, we feel like we're okay. We go to church and we do what we have to do, just the bare minimum of what we need to do. But let me tell you something, church. There's something inside the believer. There's a secret power that cries out for you to do more. And when Samson was in that condition, he had to get himself humble before the Lord. And he said, Lord, avenge the Philistines for my two eyes. Avenge those Philistines for stealing my joy. Avenge those Philistines in your life. You have the secret power in you. Amen. Brother Branham says here, he said, Samson cried out, Lord, they poked my eyes out. You are God. I know that. You have the power to do it. He said, you can set me free from these fetters just once more, Lord. Could we cry out like Samson, once more, Lord, let me feel your presence among us. Once more, Lord, don't let me get cold. But once more, let me feel the Holy Ghost in my life. Once more, let me have the prayer like I used to have when I first come to the message of the hour, when I first got a revelation that God sent a prophet. Let me have that same conviction. Let me feel that same Holy Ghost. Let me feel the same Holy Ghost when I told that first white lie. Let me have that same conviction in my heart that will stop me from telling another one. Let me have restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Brother Branham goes on here and he says, he says, you can, he said, they poke my eyes out. He said, once more, Lord, just once more. He said, there come a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Filled the house of visible evidence of the resurrected Christ. Could we have that visible evidence tonight? I believe we can. I believe we are the visible evidence of Jesus Christ. Because we who were once dead in sins and trespasses have been made alive in Christ Jesus. We've been made new creatures. I believe tonight we get ourselves... We get ourselves into a backslidden state, sometimes not like the world would think. Maybe you're not drinking and smoking and, and, and gambling and going out like that, but do we ever get ourselves into a backsliding and maybe it's not something we realize we've done. We don't realize we've backslid on God, but we've done it. We've quit praying with our children. We've quit reading our Bible like we should. Maybe it's getting dusty. Maybe things have come into our life as distractions. And maybe God allowed that to see if you would push on through. Maybe God allowed that to see if that Holy Ghost within you would make you cry, Once more, Lord, let me feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Once more, let me feel you in my heart. He said, God answers prayers. He said, He felt His fibers tightening. His muscles begin to take hold. His leg strength begin to come back. He said, The little boy, lead me to the post. Excuse me, lead me to the post of Calvary. Lead me to the post where I can be crucified till my old worldly life dies out here. And all that I am, lead me to the post. And when he began to feel the muscles tighten with the power of God, he said he didn't have to see what was taking place. He felt what was taking place. He said he felt what was taking place. He began to twist his shoulders. And when he did, down went the building. The day he conquered, he killed more Philistines than he did all the days of his life. There is a possibility, he says, there is a possibility right here at this hour. There is a possibility if we're ready to pay the price, we can see another Acts 2. He said, once more, Lord. He said, we've messed it up. We've took a little group over here. We're fighting with one another over here. The devil's sitting back watch, watching us whip one another. Lord, is it possible that once more, all the 120 of us can be one in accord and in one place? Is it possible that there come a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind? Once more, Lord, let us cry out to God. I wonder if we couldn't do that tonight. I wonder if we could get out of our cold conditions just long enough. 
to say, Lord, once more, come back in the church again. Feel every fiber of my being. And when you feel your muscles tighten up, your faith, faith muscles start to tighten up a little bit, maybe then that's when God wants you to go to work. Maybe he wants to see you praise him a little bit when you don't feel like it. Maybe he wants to use you in such a way. Maybe Delilah's got you all bound up. But the inner power can still break those ropes of bondage. When you feel like you've got a bondage on your life, I believe the power is still here. The secret power is still among the church. Do you believe that tonight? And that's, I won't take much more time, but, but do we believe that the power of God is still in the church? Do we believe that God is still alive among us? Do we believe that what we need today is just another Acts 2 to stir us up a little bit? Maybe the Holy Ghost has come and, and we've just kind of let it pass on by. Maybe the Holy Ghost has tried to get you to step out and go to the altar just one time. And you thought, Lord, I, I believe I'm good enough. I'll go next time. And maybe He won't deal with you next time. But when the Lord touches you, move according to the winds. Let the winds just move your heart. And don't stop. Don't stop for a second. Don't let Delilah get in there and stop you. That's when the church gets in a cold condition. We get into that condition to where we have no sight. We can't see nothing no more. But I wonder if we could avenge those enemies that's taken our joy tonight. I wonder if we could avenge the devil, the Philistine devils that have tried to steal the very life out of, us, out of our churches, out of our homes, tried to steal the joy of our salvation, tried to take the word out of our hearts, but the people will rise up and the people will say to, them, to their God, Lord, forgive me. Once more, let me feel your presence again. Let me have you in my heart. I believe sometimes we don't shed a tear because we don't get ourselves opened up and just commune with God. I believe if, if you ever get in love with God so much, you just can't wait to talk to Him. When, when, I, when I was dating my wife, and she's not in here, she's probably sitting back there hiding, but that's okay. But when I, me and her were dating, I'd tell you, we'd talk on the phone all the time. You're in love with somebody, you just want to talk to them. I wasn't working, I was talking to her. Sometimes when I was working, I was talking to her. But you think about this. You're just so in love with somebody, you want to talk to them. You want to communicate with them. But then you say, I had the love of God in my life, and you hadn't prayed in 10 days. Could you have went that long with your girlfriend or your boyfriend? Without talking to them. It comes to, we come to find out where our priorities really are. And I believe if we'll commune with God, He'll restore the joy back in our homes. I believe if we'll find a time to pray, God's going to raise up a standard against the enemy. He's going to allow us to see our children baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and sit right here and serve the Lord until He comes. If we want revival, quit letting the theological seminary steal our joy. Quit letting the intellectual ideas that nobody can be saved anymore. Quit letting that come into your minds. You know, there was a, a preacher preached a sermon one time. Is mercy over, mercy no. And I remember going back and thinking about that because I thought as a young man, I thought I could never be saved because I thought it was all over back in 63 or 64 or whenever it ended. I'd heard it different ways. But I can tell you this. I know that I was saved because I felt it right here in my heart. And I still have that desire today to talk to God. I know I fell in love with God. So nobody with their little doctrines can tell me that I wasn't saved. And see, when we get the know that we know in our hearts, nothing can remove you from the joy. Nothing can take you out of fellowship with God. 
Nothing can take the joy of your salvation. But David, one time, he got out of, he got out of fellowship with God a little bit, and maybe he just failed God some, in some way. And, and David was a man, it seemed like he was always up, and he was always down, a real emotional person, it seemed like. And, and, but he, he got down one day, and he said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. I wonder if we could say it like this, restore to me the joy of the Holy Ghost and renew the spirit back in our lives. That's what we want. That's what the church needs tonight. Could the musicians go ahead and come? I wonder if tonight, I tried to keep this short. I wonder if tonight we could ever get ourselves in a point. We could really cry out to God. And just if we could stand for a few moments and examine our lives, examine ourselves. Have we lost the joy? Have we lost the love of God? Have we gotten to a place where we feel cold? In our souls. I believe tonight the comforter is here. I believe the Holy Ghost is still here. I believe the secret power is still in the church to take care of every one of your needs tonight. If we could bow our heads for just a moment. Just talk to the Lord in your own way. Maybe if the Lord will move upon you. You slip a hand up to him and say, Lord, I've gotten cold. I don't talk to you like I used to. The anointing's not on me like I want it. But God, I know you're still God. And you can still defeat the Philistines in my way. I believe tonight God's got something special for somebody here. If there's somebody that needs prayer tonight, the altar's open. If there's somebody cold, there's brothers here that'll pray with you. If there's something in your heart that you just haven't made right, tonight's your night. Tonight's the night to where you can get back in fellowship with God. I would ask you to not leave the church tonight until you feel like you've made things between you and God in a way that you've come back into fellowship with Him. You say, Lord, I want to be refilled with your Holy Ghost. Maybe many of us have been filled with the Holy Ghost, but Lord, I just want a refilling. I want something to come in and, and renew my life. Make me love you more. I see the hands raised, but God sees the hands raised. He knows your heart. He knows what's in there. He's, he's here. I feel His presence here tonight and I believe you can too. And I believe if there's one of you that needs, a help, needs help from the Lord, come forward tonight. We'll lay hands on you and I believe God's going to take care of those, those afflictions in your body, soul, and spirit tonight. If we, as we sing this here tonight, Brother Allen, if you sing this song, make this your prayer.
time in his presence. I believe healing's here tonight. I believe deliverance is here tonight. If you need it, just reach out your hand to him.
lift our hands and sing that chorus one more time. I hope it is in the Lord from this day on and evermore. Oh, my hope it is in the Lord service coming up this Sunday. Remember our pastors, he's still traveling. Be praying for them to just get some rest and have safe travels. Let's sing that song. I've seen it sitting on the piano. If anybody knows about the love of Jesus. Amen. Let's just sing this one time through and then we're free to go in the name of the Lord. If anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I do. I do. No. 